How is everybody? It's good to see you. Nobody said super. You, you need to get the cues from me. You're supposed to say super. I'm super today. So we have been um, in a series in the book of Genesis now as a church family, and we have come to the last major character in the book of Genesis, and uh, we've met Joseph. Uh, chances are you probably know a little bit about this guy, Joseph. Um, and uh, we've learned that Joseph um, was the son of Jacob, but he not just the son of Jacob, he was Jacob's favorite son. And he um, kind of favored him so much that he gave um, Joseph this special coat or robe uh, to wear around that, uh, so that everybody could see that he was his favorite. And I was thinking, if, if Joseph was a lot like you and me, text doesn't really say this, but my guess is if he was a lot like you and me, he probably wore that robe every day. Um, you know, probably wore it all of the time. So just to show, you know, I'm dad's favorite. I'm special, right? And uh, even if it was like 98 degrees outside, he probably had the robe on, sweat and pouring down his face. But, but it was pretty important to him. We also learn that Joseph had these dreams, that they were understood to be messages from God. And he had these dreams that his brothers and his parents were one day going to bow down before him. And, of course, we learned that Joseph, of course, told his brothers and his parents these dreams. And so now, on their part, these resentments are starting to develop. Anybody here ever have a resentment? Okay, there's a few of us. All right. Well, that's where we pick up the story. Turn in the Bible to Genesis 37. Genesis 37. Uh, there are some page numbers up on the screen before you. There should be church Bibles around you. <clears throat> and uh, before we start reading at verse 18, can I just say that, that last week um, we had learned that this favorite son, Joseph, um, was being sent by his father out into the countryside to find his brothers who were tending for their flock. And so we're going to kind of pick up the story there and see how this plays out. So we're at verse 18, kind of in the middle of the chapter. And let me read beginning at verse 18, chapter 37. When Joseph's brother saw Joseph coming, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. So the resentment is kind of playing out here, right? But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then, without, uh, then he'll die without our laying a hand on him, Reuben said. He was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and they saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum balm and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. 
Judas said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? His blood would just give us a guilty conscience. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. Um, And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Sometime later, Reuben returned to to get Joseph out of the cistern. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief, and then he went back to his brothers uh, and lamented, the boy is gone, what will I do now? Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent a beautiful robe to their father with this message, look what we found, doesn't this robe belong to your son? Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it is my son's robe. I will, uh, a wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph was clearly been torn to pieces. Then Jacob, Joe, Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was the captain of the palace guard. All right, well, that is quite a story. Um, So we're going to start with our question today, and we're going to use... Um, this story as an opportunity for us to kind of talk about some of the things we deal with in regards to uh, the, the complication, the complexity of life, as well as some of the struggles we have. That's where we're going to start. Can you uh, share a struggle or a complication going on in your life right now? Uh, something that you're dealing with um, can be big or small. I just want to remind you that everybody will hear your answer, including people online. So, all right, here we go. Get these guys' attention, and they will bring the microphone around. Stand up, speak directly in the mic, give us a brief answer. We'll start over here, Julie, and then we'll come to you. Hello, my name is Nelson Rao, and I saw in my life right now I'm having my sister and brother, my brother Wade right now is going through a lot of things with girl. I have a broken leg right now, and I have another friend named Debbie Bennett that needs prayers. She's not doing too much. She's not been sick, getting sickly. And I have a song for you guys that I learned yesterday on the radio. It's called, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Will the circle be unbroken? By and by, Lord, by and by. There's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. But I told the undertaker, please drive slowly for the body that you're hauling. Lord, I hate to see her go, but I could not hide my sorrow when they laid her in the grave. Will the um, circle right, um, be Milton. unbroken Milton. by and by? Milton, Milton. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for, for that and um, prayers for your brothers, I think you said. And um, all right, Julie. Hi, church family. I'm Julie. Um, I Are you going to sing for us? No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the struggle I've been facing lately is I have a very rocky relationship with my stepmother. Um, we've been estranged for many years off and on, and uh, 
well, she's on hospice right now, dying of bone cancer. And the struggle that I have is just how I should react. Um, thoughts come into my mind that aren't exactly godlike. Um, and I try to push them back down, realizing that it doesn't matter. Um, she's still a human being, and she still deserves to die with some dignity. Hmm. So what I've chosen to do today is to just pray for her no matter what my dark soul tells me to do. Hmm. So, Thank you, Julie. That was very good. My name is Rora. Good morning. Uh, the thing I'm struggling with is my PTSD. I'm working on it through counseling in a book. So right now that's my struggle is working through the trauma. All right. Thank you for sharing that, Rora. All right, got a hand here and somebody in back. All right, Kayla. My name's Callie, and something I've been struggling with recently is I just started college a month ago, um, and I've been struggling with my college algebra. So ah. life is good. Day-to-day -day struggle. Thank you, Callie. Mm -hmm. Wait, okay, so I am struggling with being on time right now. Today. Oh. All right. God bless everybody here. And God, please help me with this situation. And forgive me for my little temper tantrum I had this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? All right. I'm Anne, and I'm struggling with a relationship with my middle son. Yeah. Um, I'm constantly reminded that I'm only responsible for my side of the road. And so um, I can't force him to call me, but I can be responsible for me trying to make calls. And I did reach out to him, and I try to have a conversation with him. I try to keep it with news, weather, sports, which a lot of everybody's in the program know that those are safe topics. And I have to chuckle because he doesn't even pay attention to what the weather is. Mm. So that doesn't leave a whole lot of conversation. But um, I, did <laughs> I did have a conversation with him. And um, it's nice. Um, and so um, I'm just trying to do what I can do. And um, each day is a new day. And we'll try again. Thanks, Anne. All right, we'll do one or two more if anybody else wants to share. Can you share a struggle or complication going on in life right now? Nobody else? Okay, there we go. Hi, I'm Crystal. Um, I'm struggling right now with my oldest daughter. She just turned 18 last year in August, and she moved out the day she turned 18 out of my mom's. And she's been living with some really bad situations. Now she's moving in with my brother, and me and my brother haven't spoke in probably 10 years, and he totally despises me. And I am horrified, terrified that she's going to turn my kid against me somehow. Hmm. And so I'm just really struggling with that right now. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Crystal. It's a real life thing. All right, anybody else? Going once, going twice. All right, we will wrap up there. So I, 
I do know that um, the struggles that um, people bring here are um, significant often in life. And that may or may not be the case for you but um, today. But um, I am uh, glad for um, your presence today. And thank you to those of you who are willing to share uh, the big and then sometimes the, the kind of everyday life things. So I kind of thought that question time might be a little heavy, so I saved my joke for now. And I'm going to apologize for my joke ahead of time. Um, so don't judge me, all right? I'm also realizing that I have started to choose um, old people jokes more and more. I'm not sure what that's about. But um, here you go. Yeah, no. And a little old man starts having trouble, he- uh, trouble hearing, and he goes to the doctor. Doc, I'm having trouble hearing, he says. The doc says, let me check it out. So he looks into the man's ear with an otoscope, and he says, it looks like there's some foreign object in here. Doctor takes his tweezers, and he pulls it out. It's a suppository, the doctor says. The old man takes a look at the suppository, looks back at the doctor, and he says, can I use your phone? I need to tell my wife that I know where I put the hearing aid. Somehow I I know that junior high jokes work best with this crowd, so. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that things don't always work out according to your plan? Turn and tell someone, rarely do. I've heard it said, you want to make God laugh? Tell him your plan. Tell someone he laughs a lot. Or here's another one. Um, Have you ever thought, if something can possibly go wrong, it will? What is that called again? Uh, Murphy's Law. All right. Thank you. The sad thing is, is darn it, it's kind of true. You know, it's not that we're just depressing, pessimistic Midwesterners up here. Things kind of tend to just even out in life. I'll give you a great example. Chances are some of you have already said it. Um, Like this nice weather we're having. Like it's been like this nice stretch of beautiful winter weather. And we begin to think, too many nice days. It's going to catch up to us. And we're going to have to pay it back. We're due, right? Uh, Or here's another one. Um, you notice people around you that you uh, around you are sick. They're hacking and coughing, and you think to yourself, um, "I haven't had a cold in a while." Never think that. <laughs> never, never think that. Yeah. These um, next weeks, we are going to wrestle with some very true life realities, and we're going to use the the story of Joseph to kind of look at our own lives. And things that we deal with. And we're going to talk not only today but in future weeks um, with Joseph about this idea that things don't always go according to our plan. Things don't always go according to our plan. 
Last week, I said, you are complicated. Today, we're going to talk about life is complicated. Tell someone, your life is complicated. <laughs> so, you know, I, that's the starting point. Um, can we just acknowledge that? that? That life can tend to be a little bit complicated. And, um, you know, we have complications that come probably most days. Some of them are everyday things, like some of you shared. Some of them are big things. One of the realities is how we learn to deal with complications in our life. That's the key. Um, And I just want to acknowledge, kind of as we think about our complicated lives, that, um, you know, the reality is, is we juggle a lot of things. As human beings, um, we um, we find that this adulting can be rather difficult. Um, you know, we have responsibilities, we have bills to pay, family responsibilities, friends, jobs, and I have to juggle work responsibilities and you know take care of myself, and and that doesn't sound so bad when I just kind of read it off. But I have to remember that it's me doing it. And I'm complicated. Remember, we talked about that last week. I take me into all of those situations, and I'm kind of messy. I have this tendency to mess things up or to overthink things. Anybody like me? Or self-sabotage myself. And, you know, I deal with, you know, life-controlling issues I can be a little selfish, I can be self-centered, and in case you haven't noticed, I'm getting older. And that has complications in and of itself. I, we, all deal with things like sin, things beyond our control, life-controlling issues, and stupidity. And I'm not talking about other people. Or have you not ever said, what was I thinking? Hmm. Every day, yeah. What was I thinking? So let's just kind of acknowledge this. Life is complicated, right? Life is complicated. So um, I just added this um, this morning to my message. Um, Yesterday... Um, I went to a funeral um, at my former church um, where I was pastor for about 19 years. And um, it was somebody I had worked with, um, just a beautiful, wonderful lady by the name of Jane who uh, passed away and uh, went to the funeral. And for those who don't know, um, I have been back um, over this last decade to my former church very few times um, because kind of the, the, it ended there, not in a great way. And they just kind of asked me not to come back. Um, so I rarely have, except for a few funerals. And, um, and it was really hard, those initial times, but it's gotten easier um, as time has gone on. And actually, I had a, it was a wonderful day yesterday. It was, it was good to see people and, um, you know, be, be back in that church where I'd spent so uh, much of my life. Um, but here, here's what I wanted to tell you as I think about a complicated life. Um, I, I realized yesterday I was, as I was you know, sitting there um, in the funeral, I was thinking how important it is 
once in a while for us to kind of revisit those, those times or those places in our life. Um, because here's, here's the temptation or the tendency in me. Um, it's almost like sometimes I think back to that period in my life and I think it's almost surreal. Like, like did that really happen? I mean, life has kind of gone on and, you know, was that really me? Did I really have those kinds of self-destructive behaviors and those struggles and that kind of tension and, you know, you know, people who are upset with me and I was upset with people? I mean, did that all really happen? And uh, yesterday sitting um, there, I, I, I had this realization. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, yes, it did. Um, and, and the good news, um, you know, I just wanted to share this with somebody here today. The good news is that as I've kind of revisited not just that time in my life, but that place in my spiritual journey and in my recovery, it's gotten easier. Not gone away, but it's gotten easier. And um, that's encouraging. You know, if we keep working through things, it gets a little bit easier. Um, I want us to acknowledge and think together about how life works. You know, when life is overwhelming or I'm struggling and life is so complicated, um, I think that it can be helpful to try to sort things out. And I, I just want to say that this is one of the great gifts of recovery to me. Because um, a lot of what I've shared, I've really learned these last years. Um, and it's not rocket science, um, but we're going to kind of talk about it today, especially as we kind of talk more about Joseph's life in the future. Um, so here's the first thing that I, I try um, to do and, and I think is important for us to do. I ask myself the question, how did I get here? Um, how did I get to this place in my life? And, you know, especially if you are struggling right now um, or if you're starting over or you're kind of new in a kind of a start over period of your life, um, I think it's important to ask that question. How did I get to where I am today? And um, I've come to learn that, you know, there are some answers to that, but they kind of point to some of the complicated nature of this life. So, for example, um, I realize that sometimes I am where I'm at due to my own decisions, um, and I'm pretty responsible for them myself. So I do have another joke just to make up for the last one. This one's cute. Johnny raises his hand in class and asks, Teacher, do you think that somebody should get in trouble for something they didn't do? The teacher responds, Well, of course not, Johnny. Johnny says, Oh, good, I didn't do my homework. Sometimes um, the complications that we find ourselves in are due to our own decisions and we need to own responsibility. And I, I just want to say sometimes that's good stuff that happens in our life. We make some good decisions. Sometimes it's bad stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it's really easy sometimes for me to see, you know, I did this and here are the consequences because there's consequences for our decisions, good and bad. I made the decision, and once in a while I will ask myself the question, what was I thinking? We're going to come back to that, not only a little bit later today, but in the future. But one of the things that 
one of the Bible verses um, that that I think is um, kind of so real for for me. It, it comes in in the book of James in chapter one, and and James uh, James says that um, we shouldn't believe or or accuse God of tempting us when we're struggling or falling into sin, um, and. And um, he doesn't say, it's really interesting, he doesn't say that, you know, don't blame God, blame Satan. You know what he says? He says, um, don't blame God because um, you're pretty capable of it all by yourself. And that's true in my life. Um, you know, a lot of times I don't need God to tempt me to kind of go sideways. And uh, frankly, I don't even need Satan because I'm pretty capable of finding problems myself or creating problems in my own life. Sometimes my struggles, my complications in life are due to my own decisions and responsibilities. But sometimes life just happens to me. I have a job I love and the, and the business folds. In a sudden accident or illness, my loved one is gone. Disasters and tragedy sometimes happen. I've been thinking this week about the families in Turkey and Syria right now who are having to pick up the pieces and move on. Thousands and thousands of people. And then for us, there are even more personal kinds of things sometimes. Like um, when I learned my alcoholism is a brain disease and I likely had a genetic predisposition of addiction... I thought to myself, but I don't want that. I never asked for it. Don't want it. Or um, for those of you who deal with mental health issues, um, I know that you didn't ask for it. And I, I also know that you likely pray every day for God to take it away. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a tough deal to have these life things that we didn't ask for or decide we're going to do it. It just comes. If you've suffered abuse as a child or as an adult, it is not your fault. We all deal with losses in life. We all deal with this pain in life. Some of you have more than others, but, but literally, there are these things in our life, um, this baggage that is just kind of laid on our back, and we carry it with us through the rest of our life, just the way it is. Um, and, uh, you know, the reality is, is that it's not fair, but nobody ever said life was going to be fair, sounding like your dad now, right? Um, and the Bible doesn't say life's going to be fair. But what we learn um, from Scripture and what we learn from experience is that life is complicated. Life is really complicated. But even when sometimes life just happens to me, how we then respond to that has a lot of importance. So here, here's the deal. Um, so sometimes it's my own decision. Sometimes life just happens to me. But here's where I think most of us live. Often our complicated life and struggles are due both to my decisions and to things beyond my control. That's how lots of our, our life happens. 
That's the space we live in. And it's probably where Joseph was um, when he was in that cistern. Or when he was in the caravan, you know, in, in, in chains on his way to slavery in Egypt. Chances are, um, Joseph started off in this instance um, the same way you and I started off. Chances are, when, when he was in that cistern, he was saying, Those brothers of mine, they're never up to any good. And now I'm paying the consequences. Anybody here ever blame somebody else for your own issues? Yeah. Never, Never, yeah. Um, That's the reality. We, you know, but my guess is somewhere, and part of it, because I know the rest of Joseph's story, um, I I would guess also part of it is that um, Joseph had some time to reflect upon some of the decisions he made. Like, you know, I didn't, have to wear that coat when it was 98 degrees outside. Or I didn't have to tell my brothers and my parents about my dreams, even though it made me feel really good at the time. And so the world in which we live is often that we deal with this complicated life that is this crazy combination of our own life decisions and just that life happens to us. Growth in our life is when we take ownership for our decisions and responsibility for where we are and we begin to move forward. And one of the cool things about the story of Joseph, as we're going to see, is Joseph learns from his experiences. That's good, isn't it? I mean, we can learn from our experiences and move on. So, for example, once I learned about addiction, um, I had to learn that I make decisions every day about it. I didn't ask for it, but I need to take responsibility for myself now that I know. If you deal with mental health issues, you make decisions every day about your mental health. Like, are you going to take your meds as they're prescribed? Everybody nod your head. Um, You know, we make decisions about whether we're going to try to eat healthy or not, or what kind of rest we're going to get, whether we're going to get exercise, or whether or not we're going to isolate. Because isolation is our enemy. Yeah. Isolation, if you deal with mental health issues, is not a good thing. Now, I know that I just made those things sound easy, and I know they're not. If you have loved ones who are struggling... Likely not to your own decisions, but how you love them now and seek to help them is so important because we need to learn to help but not enable. If you have lost a loved one, grief can be overwhelming. But eventually it takes that courage to begin to move forward again and to at least try to move um, ahead in life. You know, sometimes people ask, where is God in the midst of all of this stuff, this complication that I have? And, you know, things just literally are not the way God intended them to be. And the Bible calls that sin. We think about sin as these things we do wrong, and it is, but it's much more than that. Control nature where 
where we see that we, we've got all these plans and control and yet things just don't work out the way they're supposed to. And literally there's just stuff beyond our control that God has in his wisdom stepped back and allowed to happen. Um, things aren't as God intended here. But God is good. But God is good. And he's working for your good. He's always working for our good. And we're going to see that as we go through the story of Genesis. So living this complicated life that we have, you know, one of the things that I, I uh, have come to appreciate is um, I, I actually say the long version of the serenity prayer every day, often multiple times. And um, I just wanted to talk it through with you. I'm not going to ask you to pray it through with me right now, but I'm going to just talk it through a little bit because it, to me, is a formula. It has become a formula for trying to stay in the day and deal with the complications of my life. So it starts with these words. Um, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. Really important. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Um, but we begin by sorting out what can we control, Right? What do I have things that I have some control over? Then next it says, um, the courage to change the things that I can. But I don't always know what those are. So give me the wisdom to know the difference. Give me the wisdom to know the difference. It's tough. It can be really tough. But it's an important question. We'll come back to that. Then he goes on and says, so we're going to kind of try to stay in the day. So living one day at a time and enjoying one moment at a time. Just really crucial, you know, in, in the midst of complications to not look back too much or to get out over our skis, but to stay in the day in the moment. But then, but then he says this, and this is just so profound to me, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace. Um, to me, that is one of the most profound lines in this prayer because it's, it's almost um, not so much what it says, but what it doesn't say. Because when I first heard that line, I thought it, I wanted it to say, accepting that hardships are going to come in life once in a while. That's not what it says. It says, accepting that hardship is what? Pathway to peace. Now, I don't know why it doesn't feel that way when you're in hardship. But here's the thing, and I just want you to, to, to know this, that, that most of you, because I know most of you uh, at least a little bit here, you realize now that any peace you have in the, your life was probably formed through some of the struggles and the difficulties and the hardships that God has walked you through, Right? And so, you know, literally what this prayer says is I am going to accept that even though things are hard right now, um, that God is going to use this to bring me something new and better in the future. Amen. Gosh, that's so hard. Um, we're going to talk about that in future weeks. Um, so next, um, it says, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, things aren't the way God originally intended, not as I would have it, because I'd like to control it. And here, here's the key as well. Um, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. Amen. That, that God is working and that if I surrender to him, things will work out okay. Yes. It will be, 
in, in the hands of God, if nothing else, so that I might be reasonably, reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Um, so living this complicated life, um, just a couple quick things before we close. Um, how, do we, how do we navigate all of this? Um, I think that we begin with this question, what do I have control over? What do I, con- not nothing, you have control over yourself. Um, and so you have some control, some control over the attitude that you're going to bring into this day. You have some control over the decisions that you're going to make and the actions that will follow. You have some control over whether or not you're going to strive as best you can to your ability to put God first or you're going to just kind of keep him out of your day. And so, you know, what do you have control over today? And then, um, what don't you have control over? You know, Joseph must have had a pretty stark, I mean, it was really obvious to him, I mean, I'm either in a cistern or I'm now in chains on my way to Egypt. You know, I have very little control over my present situation. What don't I have control over? What you're going to find is that you, you generally don't have control over other people. Even if you are trying to make amends for actions that you've committed, you have no control how they're going to respond or react. Um, So what don't I have control over? And then have realistic expectations. Um, Reasonably happy. Reasonably happy. Um, Because we know life is complicated, right? Oftentimes, a lot of our challenges end up being because um, we have unrealistic expectations. You know, one of the things that I shared... um, Uh, shared, I think it was last week, is that sometimes in this journey, we have to just accept that we are human beings and that human beings, you know, are in bondage to sin, that human beings make mistakes, um, that we have, you know, issues that are beyond our control. So give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace now and then. God's given you unlimited, unmerited grace. Give yourself some grace. Um, One of the other things I want you to know as we close is that God gives us an inner well-being that can sustain us even in the biggest, biggest struggles of life. I may not understand all the complications I go through, but I can accept that it is in God's hands. That I may hate what's going on, but I can choose to trust God today. How does God work in the complicated life that you have? Um, I'm not even going to draw the picture. He works from the inside out. He works from the inside out. He's changing you on the inside, in your heart, in your soul. He's changing the way that you think. And eventually, as he changes the way that you think, he's going to change the way that you act. God works in this way from the inside out. And it's that that it's going to allow us to deal with the complications we have in life. You know, I want to give just a quick definition to a couple of words that we use pretty readily in kind of this church. And, and you don't have to agree. I don't want to quibble about the, the actual definitions of the word. I just want to explain to you how I use them. I view peace as the absence of external strife. So if when we asked, what struggle are you going through right now, if, nobody, if you thought, I, 
I don't think I have any. You've got peace right now, right? I see serenity as an internal wellness despite external circumstances. And so stuff on the outside can be really chaotic or there can be struggles, but inside what God is doing in me um, is, is giving me a foundation to stand on. That's what it is that we do here, okay? A couple more words. What's happiness? Happiness is a human emotion dependent upon external circumstances. So, you know, it comes and goes through the day. You know, your team loses tonight, you know, or you've got money on it, you know, you're going to be down. Um, Or maybe up. But joy, at least the joy of the Lord, is internal strength and well-being despite the external circumstances. You with me? That's what God does in your life. That's what we're about here. That's why we keep talking about this inside-out stuff. God is creating in your heart and in your mind this well-being, this sense of security, this foundation on which you can build your life because the, the, the storms are going to come. The difficulties are going to come. But, but we know that when Jesus is working in our life that there is at least a part of us that can't be shaken because he has a larger picture in view. He has a larger purpose in view and he knows where we're going and how that will make us better one day. God is continuing to work in your life and he does not let you go. If you are going through something right now, yes, life can be complicated, but God's love is greater than any complication or struggle that you are having. I want you to know that he is here to welcome you, to love on you today and to walk with you when you leave this place. He is faithful. He is faithful.